From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my, my puppy dog's <laughs> name. Uh, who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool aunt that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, my son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my gleeful co-host, Brie Tucker. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? That one just came from nowhere. From I nowhere. love it. Gleeful. Gleeful. Like the glee. Brie, we're on episode 41. Oh my gosh. How did we... That's insane that it's, we've gotten this far. It's insane. It's insane that it's only started in September and we're already on 41. Oh my goodness. It you seems know. a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. It seems a little crazy. Well, today we are talking all about how to get your family to help out more, which is a huge, huge thing. I think every single parent has that struggle. They do. And like, yeah. you know, something that I've heard a lot is that like the family will kind of ignore mom's struggle until mom just completely loses it. And then they're like, oh my gosh, how can we help? And something that I hear echoed again and again, like on uh, Facebook groups is how can I get my family to help out more without losing my, yeah. Yeah, right? Like that immediately brought me back to that book, Mommy Burnout with Dr. Cheryl Ziegler. Mm -hmm. We had her early on in the episode. Well, actually, we had her twice on so far as a podcast guest. But her book, in it, she tells a story about a mom of twin boys mm -hmm. and they were teenagers. And like finally she had the day where she just was like, that's it. And she just left. Yeah. And like after a little while, her family started texting her. They're like, are you coming back? <laughs> her husband's like, do I need to file for divorce? Like, And then they came back and they were like, we love you. We're so sorry. Why? Why? Why does Why? it take? Take that kind of misery. <laughs> and we'll actually, we're going to talk about that today. We why are. that happens. We're going to talk about it so that, so that you can get your family to help out more without losing your ish, which I'll, I'll say, you know, I swear in person, but for this podcast, I know you might have littles <laughs> in the car. So I refrain <laughs> from it. We actually do, so a very, you know. <laughs> we do a very good job of keeping this very PG. We I keep think. it very, very <laughs> PG. It's very uh, like Pixar Disney because they're, they're not G anymore. They're PG movies. I know, right? Like, it's funny at the schools I know sometimes they try to like uh, watch movies before the holidays and whatnot yeah. and the struggles of them trying to find a G-rated movie you can't find many G-rated movies even anymore even Frozen wasn't G yeah yeah, yeah. it's all everything needs parental guide. man since everything needs parental guidance now no wonder we're more stressed out <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. There's that. We don't get a moment alone. We don't get a moment alone. Not a moment. <laughs> so today we are going to give you a three-step process for how to get your family to help out more without losing your ish. And is that how you say it? Is that like the, the like like colloquial? Yeah. I think ish, ish works. Ish. Uh, so and if it isn't a thing, we're going to make it a thing. We're going <laughs> to lose your ish. Don't lose your ish. 
<laughs> so get ready for that. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Are you ready for homework to become your kid's responsibility instead of yours? This episode is brought to you by the Drama-Free Homework Checklist. In it, you'll discover the four simple steps to encourage your child to take ownership of their homework. Get it at noguiltmom.com backslash DFH, that's Drama-Free Homework, DFH dash checklist, or you can follow the link in our show notes. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, let's get down to this three-step process that everyone can use to get people in their house to help out more. Okay. So it boils down to three things. If you are feeling like you are doing everything, if everyone else is just sitting watching their devices, maybe they have skateboard videos on YouTube playing nonstop, or they're watching uh, Brooklyn and Bailey's hair tutorials. I don't even know that one. Is oh, that a thing right now? Yes. Oh my God, Brooklyn I feel so and added. Bailey, they are twins. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. They're great. It's just on it's it's on a loop that's why it just comes right to me it's tiktok <laughs> in our house non-stop tiktok if they're watching tiktok, TikTok non-stop don't stop. and here you are and you are making dinner you are cleaning the house you are cleaning the bathrooms you are doing all the errands and you just like why why won't someone just lift the finger and help me out here is the three-step process you can follow and it's going to be first identifying your upper limit problem we're going to talk more about that having a family meeting and then accountability. I like the upper limit problem thing because you brought that up recently in an email that you sent out to everybody. And I was like, oh, what's this? Joanne wrote another book. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) what's this all about? You get on me a lot for reading a lot of books. You're just so much better at me than it. I feel like I, I, you know, my problem is, and I didn't realize this until my, my current relationship I'm in where my partner is like, you have a little bit of a competition problem. I'm like, I'm not competitive. He's like, yes, you are. He's like, but you're like closet competitive. Nobody could, nobody like tries to get you in a competition, but yet you see everything everybody does as a competition. Mm. And he brought up you. He's like, Joanne, for instance, she reads and you're like, she reads another book and you're like, oh, Joanne read another book. No, I need to read another book. And he's like, she never asked you to. Nobody's keeping tabs by you. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. But anyways, my point being was, as soon as you started talking about it, this, I felt like it was another one of those things where it's the thing that happened has no name now has a name it has a name yeah and by the way the secret to me reading a lot of books is I don't finish all of them (laughs) that's how I do it that makes me feel a little better no I had like a stack of four books on my nightstand and one was like the Alexander Hamilton biography and I read about 100 pages and I'm like yeah I'm good I'll just watch the rest of Hamilton I could see that but you know me my little type a of me is going to be like but you didn't finish yeah but that's okay I could still quote it I could still talk about it and I didn't finish it you still understand it I still understand So this book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, and by the way, have not finished this book yet, and I'm still talking about it. So it's okay. 
I love this. It's okay. So you I'm making you feel better. Joanne's like putting her like, it's okay, Brie. It'll be okay. It'll be like, good. Patting my It'll hand. Be You'll be okay. But it's called The Big Leap. It's by Gay Hendricks. It was actually uh, released in like the early 2000s. He talks about the upper limit problem that people have where human beings are only accustomed to certain levels of happiness and certain levels of like relationship fulfillment and certain levels of success. So that when we surpass those levels, our brain unconsciously tries to bring us back down to something where we feel a little more comfortable. That makes sense. I mm-hmm. can. It has to do with don't move my cheese. I'm comfortable in this space. I, yeah. I could see how that could be applied to other areas. Yeah. So it happens a lot if we're relaxing. And I bet maybe you do this too, where I, I was relaxing on the couch, just watching Bridgerton on Netflix. And my husband's here like cleaning up the kitchen. He comes into the living room. Immediately, I look up to him. I'm like, am I okay here? Do you need anything? What can I do? And here I am relaxing. And yet I I feel like I need to break that relaxation because I'm just so happy and so content. I'm trying to keep myself in check. I literally just had that happen two nights ago. And yeah. like, I, I have tears in my eyes right now from trying to keep this in. Totally. The other day I was sitting there and we had finished dinner and I forget what it was, but I wanted to catch something on, on like the news or whatever. So went over the couch, watched that for a minute. And next thing I know, Miguel is over washing dishes. Mm-hmm. And I looked up and I'm like, can you come back over here? And he's like, why? I'm washing dishes. And I'm like, but I feel like I have to be over there with you if you're doing that. It's your upper limit problem. And that's exactly yes. it. He's like, he's like, why is what I'm doing? I'm perfect. I'm perfectly happy with what I'm doing and I'm perfectly happy with you doing what you're doing. I don't need, I appreciate it, but I don't need your help. And you're right. That's exact because I had this overwhelming urge that I was doing something wrong because I wasn't cleaning. Yes. Yes. I get that too. And I think a lot of parents get that. A lot of moms and women in particular. I hope nobody's getting whiplash from shaking their head yes while they're listening to this. Yes. (laughs) So that is the upper limit problem. If you feel like if someone else is working in the house that you have to get up and work too, bam, that's it. And part of the ways you can uh, get through your upper limit problem, the big one, is just recognizing it's there. So that next time it happens, you're like, oh, that's my upper limit problem. It is not a real thing that I need to jump up and do. I'm going to stay right here. Okay, so another term that can go with that, it, it doesn't exactly apply the way it was created, but name it to tame it. Name it to tame it. <laughs> name it to tame it. You got you to name it to be able to start dealing with it, man. You got it. So the second step in this process is that you need to have a family meeting. Oh, we love family meetings here at No Gut Mom. Yes, we do. And we actually have an episode all about them. It's episode 32 if you want to start family meetings in your house. But the reason you need a family meeting to get your family to help out more is that everybody needs to be on the same page. Oh, so they don't listen when I'm screaming and yelling at them in a fit of rage going, get down here and help out. No, like I always go back to hearing that argument between my mom and dad where my dad's like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. My mom's like, why do I always have to tell you what to do? Right. Because people don't realize the things that we see as important to getting done. So the family meeting, community that. Right. And it gets you a chance to express where your frustrations are and let everybody help come up with a solution that they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So nobody's being talked down to or yelled at. It's calm time to talk about it. It's a calm time. And the- yeah, when I'm mad is not the time to ask me. No. It's like, <laughs> just do something. Just pick it up. Anything. <laughs> but, but to start this discussion in your family meeting, once you have family meetings going, you just ask everyone to do a brainstorm. Like you do a brainstorm storm together let's write down all the chores that need to be done in the house yeah everything needs to be done on a weekly basis monthly basis daily basis whatever you guys choose just talking about that one by one what can each of us do and then I can guarantee too that when your kids see the list you know if a four-year-old wouldn't get this but you know I would say like a 
probably a seven-year-old and up yeah. are going to be able to look at that list and be able to see whether or not yours is twice as long as theirs. And a lot of siblings have this really big preoccupation with fairness. Mm, so yes. when you do this together as a family and then you have everybody volunteer to take chores, they can immediately size up their list to their siblings and be like, okay, we're equal. We're good. That is a really good point. Taking that fair play, that equality that they fight for mm-hmm. all the time and, and bring it to the table. That's awesome. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explained. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains 
ratings in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. And I'm so with chores in the house, like before this whole family meeting thing, which you actually told me to do, and it worked just amazing, this brainstorming of chores and then having everybody agree to take one and it making like it all equal and everybody has a say in it. Before that, I was using the full house example where you saw like Danny Tanner in the kitchen writing this grid of household chores and then assigning every family member to a different household chore every week. That's exhausting. And then who has to keep track of that yeah Danny Tanner yep somebody ends up having to be the gatekeeper I tried it too I mean we tried it too in our house and we're not saying that you can't write it down Mm -hmm. after everybody decides what they're going to do like if if you and there was a time when we started doing that in my household where my kids were younger and they needed that reminder and they didn't like me nagging them and I didn't like nagging either because I got annoyed when I had a nag so I didn't have the nicest voice Mm -hmm. and I wasn't using the kindest words probably so you know we did have it written down where they could just go to the first read their list but again it was theirs they controlled it they control it yeah and that's a big thing in it and also once they pick a job you do not have to switch it every week give it to them for a while my kids have their jobs for at least a year yeah yeah we check in once a year maybe six months if I'm the one who wants to change or if I notice someone's not doing their chore Mm -hmm. we'll uh we'll have a family meeting and the first thing I'll say is like how are we feeling about our chores does anybody want to change them up Mm -hmm. And I think I talked about this, maybe, maybe we're not on podcast, but like there was a time where my chore at our old house, because it had all tile, was to mop the floors. And my daughter had to do, I don't remember if it was dusting or vacuuming, but she thought it was unfair. And I'm like, well, I'm willing to swap out mopping. And she's like, nope, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> like, as soon as I would throw out that one to her, she was always like, if that's my only other option, then no. Cause nope. it was, no way. Because mm-hmm. it was also like that. Like, these are my chores. Yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable with these chores. I'm willing to give you this one. It was a, a little bit of a negotiation you know I may not want to mop so here you go you can try it but she was not down for it yeah it's but it's also good because it's like hey this is how we're helping the family so if you don't want to do this part you need to take something else right exactly and it was it did it does help so that in our family while nobody overly likes cleaning we at least all know that it's like it's equitable yeah so it's fair yeah and then before you really assign the chores and expect people to do them you need to make sure that they actually know how to do their chore so for example loading the dishwasher that my son does and he's seven and he loads the dishwasher but he was taught very well how to load the dishwasher not by me by my husband because me oh my gosh (laughs) I am one of those dishwasher loaders that like I'm like it fits (laughs) <laughs> right. I'm done and let's let's just squeeze it in and we're good <laughs> I have been known to do that a few yeah. times yes well no and that's a really good point like you guys can have your family and you can assign the chores that's fine but you need to make sure that for everybody in the household that they do understand what the expectation is of that chore and how they can actually do it um, so again, like talking about the, the dishwasher, we have, a uh, another person that we have interviewed for the podcast that's coming up here soon, Katie Hurley. Mm-hmm. And she talked about how her daughter had a chore of making up her bed and it, and it drove her nuts that her son could make up the bed just fine, but her daughter couldn't. And so finally one day she's like, do you know how to make up your bed? And her daughter was like, 
no not no. not really yeah we don't realize that kids don't know how to do the chores right like you think that something like making up your bed isn't that hard they see you do it every day but again the point is just because they see it doesn't mean they understand that you have to pull up the comforter before you put the pillows on like yeah. again like they they don't necessarily understand this happens because of that so take a few minutes show them how to do it when mm-hmm. you're in a good mood yeah and you're not mad and frustrated yeah. <laughs> that's a big one right there I think we all <laughs> I think just loading the dishwasher gets me mad and frustrated so I was not the ideal candidate for that teaching position I just I love that your husband's an engineer and that he's like I got it I, I got like, it man I got he's it he's like no step away we I, do not want to teach him your way <laughs> Oh my lord. He is and he is an excellent dish loader. He uh, He probably outloads me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He outloads me for sure. So after you have identified your upper limit problem, you've had the family meeting, then comes the final step and that's accountability. And that's a hard one because I'm going to tell you right now, things are going to go wrong like they are. People are not going to remember to do their chores. They're not going to do them correctly. They're not going to do them up to expectations. Right now, let's just get it out of the way. That's going to happen. Right. And here's my question to you. Because again, I, I, I feel like a lot of times we don't even realize that we're doing things. When you're having a bad day or like in my case, like I suffer from really bad headaches, migraines. You know, if I'm having a migraine, if it's my night to cook, my expectation is that I would say to somebody, I'm really sick. I can't do this tonight. Can you do it for me instead? Or let's order out instead. I'm expecting that slack and, yeah. and I'm expecting to come back with people saying, okay, course, sure. Yeah. So when my kid has something that pops up, I kind of need to give them that same understanding and respect too, right? Sometimes, yes, but sometimes it just really, really depends. Okay. Because a lot of the time we let our kids off the hook for stuff that they should still be responsible for. Oh, that is a good point. It I- comes a lot in like schoolwork, like schoolwork and sports. It's like, oh, you've had such a hard day and you're so tired. Of course I'll take over like doing dinner for you tonight. And then it happens over and over again. Well, guess what? You've had a hard day. You're tired and you are still getting yourself up and putting like dinner on the table or doing the chores you need to do for the family. That is a really good point. Like, because I, I, I'm, I'm reflecting back to when you brought this up before talking about Glennon Doyle. She yes. she talked about with her son. Um, is it is it Chase, her oldest son? Um, and that he was doing that, right? And she was doing stuff for him. And so that unfortunately, and, and it's very true. You're right when you say that. Um, it, it leads our children to believe that what they do at home is not as much of a value as what they do outside exactly. the home. Yeah. And and that is exactly what's gotten us into this position, right? Of us taking on everything uh, traditionally. I'm, I'm not being sexist. I'm just saying traditionally women, we get the hard uh, responsibility of everything being done in the household. Mm-hmm. And the expectation a lot of times by society is that the opposite gender has to do things outside the house, right? Yeah. So then we're just perpetuating the situation that we know is causing pain and discomfort. So yeah, you're right. So we need to hold them accountable. Yes, they do have to be held accountable. They have to be. Unless like, I mean, if they're running a fever and they're like obviously sick and it hurts to move and especially in your migraines, like you can visibly tell when you cannot <laughs> function. Poor Joanne has seen so much more of this in the last no, few months. <laughs> but that's a whole different level. You're than right. It's just being, oh, I feel a little tired. My stomach hurts a bit. Right. 
Right. Like, or, no, you've got to do this. Or I forgot to do my, I forgot to do my science project. Yeah. And now the whole five page report is due tomorrow kind of thing. So there's, there's, you know, there, but the first way to hold kids accountable, to hold anyone in the house accountable is by this strategy called noticing. And I'm taking this from the No Drama Discipline book by Dr. Dan Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson. Noticing is when you just notice things that haven't been done in the house or that have been. So it can have a positive spin on it too. For instance, I do this a lot with the dogs. I notice the dogs look hungry or, oh, I notice the dogs are staring at you panting. Just things that would be cues that they need to be fed right now. I notice that the cat litter seems to be full of <laughs> poo and pee. I know I did that the other day because we just recently moved the cat box into the bathroom, into the tub we don't even use, cover it with mats and stuff so the drain's all protected. But anyways, I went in there and I told my son who's in charge of this, I noticed the bathroom smells a little bit. And he's like, oh, oh, I forgot to do that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So it's a way you can do it without nagging or reminding. You just notice what happens and usually they take it from there. Right. And it, and it feels a lot less combative. Yes, it is a lot less combative. Why didn't you do this? Yeah. Or do you this didn't or do, do that. that or do that. Right. Just like I noticed it. And a lot of times, again, it'll either get them to hop up or they'll at least tell you what their plan is. Yeah. I was going to do it as soon as I was done with this. Oh, okay. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much. Yep. That's a great way to handle it. Yeah. Uh, the third, the second way you can do accountability is just let the struggle happen. Sometimes when we see our kids struggle, we take over. I it is admit hard. It. It's hard. It's we, really hard. We feel that like pull at our chest and... Like we see our kid breaking down when like if they're making dinner and they like pour a little bit too much in or they spill something all over the floor. You're like, it's okay. I'll take it from here. Don't do it. Don't do it. Resist the urge. Resist. Uh, let them struggle. It doesn't mean you don't like offer to help because obviously if you spilled something on the floor and someone was standing right there, it'd be a pretty, pretty like jerky move to be like, oh, I'm just going to watch as you clean this up. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't have to do that. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's very unfortunate. I'm going to turn around That's and walk the other way. I'm just going to stare at you and ask you like all the things that are pretty much obvious that you need to do right now. <laughs> right. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street car tracks, and my bike's tire, like, went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just, like, skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me nothing at all and it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing and <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid when applied to the skin the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse soothe irritation reduce inflammation and support healing i've used it on my son's mosquito bites and i wish i would have had it the time i totally scraped up my hands Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema, 
and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. But sometimes, too, like when when things are a struggle, they're not the most open. Your kids, people in general, I know the same thing with me. Like when I'm frustrated, I'm not always the most open to helpful advice Mm -hmm. at that moment. So letting them struggle, figure their way out. Yeah. And like the struggle also, I mean, this happens a lot with dinner making because each of my kids has a night at dinner. My daughter usually doesn't need my help in the kitchen since she's 12, but my son is seven. And so I'm there with him the whole time. So he'll like do something like spill something on the floor or like put a wrong ingredient in. And I have to stop myself from jumping in right away. I try to, you know, engage that upstairs brain and start being like, okay, has this happened before? That's always the one I go to. Has this happened before? And he'll be like, yes. And we're like, okay, what did you do then? And he could tell me. And then he does that thing. See, that's good because you're helping him walk through those steps. So, okay, shout out just back on our, our podcast. If you have any trouble with this, letting your kid just go ahead and, and deal with the issue there. Um, we have two podcasts we've had in the past. We have Ned Johnson. We had him on podcast episode 29 where he talks about self-driven child. And then we also have Miss Jessica Leahy, who is also on episode 13, who has a whole book about the gift of failure for your yeah. kids. Yeah. So those are two great podcasts that'll help you with this step because I got to admit, I struggle with it a lot, a lot, lot, lot. I'll blame it on my type A personality, but really it's just me. Just me. So the third step for this accountability, if noticing has not worked, if letting them struggle just doesn't seem to be going the way you want it to, then it is time to let them know your feelings through an I statement because we need to be open and honest about what this, like, I don't want to say burden, but just what like the responsibility of having to do everything does for us. So with I statements, you say, I feel the emotion you're feeling when, and then you say like the objective thing that happens. And this has to be described in a way like an outside observer would be like, yep, that's exactly what happened. So for instance, if I said like to my son, like, I feel like sad when you purposefully wait until the last minute to unload the dishwasher. Well, that's a little bit accusatory. That's accusatory. That's putting a bit of blame in it. And like an outside observer would be like, wait a minute, how do you know he purposely did that? You don't know he purposely did that. So you always have to think of that outside observer. So another way to say that is like, I feel upset when you go to bed without unloading the dishwasher. (laughs) 
That's a good one. That's objective. Anyone could agree with that. Looking from the outside, be like, yep, he went to bed, didn't unload the dishwasher. Check. And I think that it's worth saying that there is a chance you're going to say that to somebody. Yeah. And they're going to come back and go, huh, sucks to be you. But <laughs> that is the exception. That is the exception. 99% of the time you say something like that, it clicks in that person's brain and they're like, oh. And they're like, I'm sorry. I didn't know you felt upset when I did that. Right. Right. Or they'll, and you know what the other thing too I'm going to say is like, you're not always going to get an I'm sorry after that. And mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah. Because were you really co- pulling for an I'm sorry with that statement or were you pulling for a change in action? Yeah, exactly. So sometimes give people a little bit of time. And when I say a little bit of time is like, it might take five minutes and it might take a day. I doubt it would take more than a day or two for somebody to take action on it. But still, like if it's, if it's something that's like a daily struggle that you brought up to them but give them a little bit of time to work through it and then figure out what their next actions are but definitely yeah don't don't blame nobody likes being blamed and being it gets those defenses up if you're like no I didn't I was doing that and then you have this whole defensive attitude to deal with instead of remaining open to the communication and actually solving the problem so yeah keep those I statements very objective like someone from the outside could like have their little checklist to be like yep that happened. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> it sure totally did. Happened. So that's the process to go through. If right now you feel just like burdened and overwhelmed by the amount you're doing in the house and no one is helping you out. First, you're identifying your upper limit problem. Which is crazy because I had no idea I had one, but I clearly do. Yeah. A lot of us do. I just like, I again, to. I think everybody, I, so I don't know anyone off the top of my head. Yeah. That doesn't probably have that. No, this also happens with like when bad things happen to you and you reason that, oh, it was because like I did this and that's why this unrelated bad thing happened to me. It's like, no, no, that's your upper limit problem. It reminds <laughs> me of, it reminds me of that video we saw one time of uh, Brene Brown when she, oh, the, like, the coffee. she spilled her coffee and immediately her first thought was, <laughs> ding, her husband the night before, her husband the night before came home late and she didn't get sleep and she was so tired that she spilled coffee. It's his fault. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so first identify that upper limit problem second have that family meeting so everyone is on the same page and then third follow up with uh keeping everyone accountable you know they agreed to it they're gonna do it now and we can do that by noticing letting by them noticing. fail mm-hmm. and by those lovely i statements which you had some really good rules that i wanted to just like quickly just go over about the i statements yeah don't do them when you're angry right right no that was one no no angry yeah if, if you're if you are really seeing red it's you're probably not going to put together the best I statement. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not a good moment. Uh, What were some more rules? The more you use it, the quicker you get at it. So it's going to feel awkward at first if you're not used to using I statements. Yes. And that's actually, I see that all the time in your household because you have been doing I statements with your kids since they were little. Your son can do them phenomenally He can do them really well. It just rolls off his tongue, the I statements. It amazes me the skill he has and he's in second grade. He's, yeah, I'm he's an amazing communicator. He's great. And then the last one, you have to think about who you're working with, right? And it's going to be trial and error. It is. It is, especially with um, teenagers. Oh my gosh, everything will be twisted. And if you feel like your words are getting twisted, you just stop right there and be like, it's the age. Okay, we're going to come back to this a little later. Right. Yeah. No reason to keep arguing. No reason to keep arguing. So we want to hear how this episode helps you out. So please, please, please email us hello at noguiltmom.com. And if you ever have any ideas for future episodes or you have any questions that you want us to answer on air, email us there as well. 
hello at noguiltmom.com. We really want to do some listener question episodes coming up. And we want to talk to people who have made this change in their lives to helping their kids become more self-sufficient so that they are feeling more happiness as a mom and are able to squash that upper limit problem too and actually enjoy that happiness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that, I, I just can't even. We have to talk a lot more about the upper limit problem. Yes. yes. That's going to be, I'm going to put the end for a few more episodes here so we can talk about that. I'll Ugh. finish the book. Okay. <laughs> I know. We need to find the solution. What's the solution to it? I know it's a problem now. Right now he's yeah, talking about name. barriers. So Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Until next time, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks so much for stopping by. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.